Okay guys, welcome back to Teen Muscle Radio and you are listening to episode 11 and today I'm very lucky to be joined by a guy that I've spent the last two weekends with and I'm sure if you follow me or Kane on Instagram or Facebook you'll know what we've been up to and I'm sure that plenty of people are are really excited to listen to this episode. So yeah, today I'm joined by my friend and client Kane Picard uh, for a podcast which we're going to sort of talk about how Kane initially got into bodybuilding and how he's obviously come to the success that he's had recently qualifying for the NPA British finals and taking a third in his first ever BNBF show so before I go on and ask some questions I'm going to get Kane to sort of introduce himself and give you guys a bit of a background about him so go ahead Kane right hello guys um so basically, I'm from, I don't know if any of you guys know where it is, Nottingham. Um, I live in a small village called Caythorpe where it's just pretty much me as a teenager and loads of old people. Um, <laughs> I work in retail, I actually work in two places. So I work at the spa and uh, Home Bargains, which is like a discount store. So basically, in the retail at the minute. Um, what else? <laughs> just a regular gym guy, you know. Um, how long have you yeah. been training? Training-wise, um, I would say about three and a half years, coming to four. Okay. Um, I started when I was just when you're old enough to join the gym. I think that's like 16 years old. Um, yeah. Or whenever when you're old enough to pay for it yourself. So, yeah, just about three and a half years now. So I'm nearly 20. Yeah, so three and a half. Um, cool. Yeah. And you have like. Other, what other hobbies do you have sort of outside of the gym like right now like people should know about like do you what do you do YouTube or anything like that <laughs> tell the guys just a bit of background about what you do sort of outside of work and gym so yeah outside of work and gym um, I obviously have my I don't have my YouTube channel um, that's sort of like documented my whole like prep uh, towards mm-hmm. the BNBF and the MPA I'm going to f- uh, follow that on to the finals yeah um so I'm quite creative as well, so I've always liked arts and design, things like that. I've always drawn fine art. Um, I did it, for, like, studied it for ages, seven years, so I'm a big creative guy, and I think that's why I've been really interested in YouTube, because you have to do all these edits, and you know, it's it's fun for me to actually do, so yeah. that's a big hobby. Yeah. Cool. Well, before we go on, I just want to sort of, I haven't really done this with anyone else, but I really want to get an idea as to what you were doing Kane before you even started the gym so a lot of people including myself will find that before we even sort of got into lifting got into lifting weights we were doing something else so what were you doing with you know sports wise before you got into the gym was there anything competitive sports wise I was really competitive um I probably majority of my younger age I played a lot of sports played football Rugby, uh, really competitive playing water polo. Um, competed, for our county came third with my team. So yeah, I've always been sporty and like rather into my fitness, I guess. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, I've spent, played a lot, a lot of sports, and even played things like hockey. I think I played quite a lot of sports. So um, yeah. <clears throat> and at what point did sort of did you drop? Did you ever like when? You were playing the the other sports. Did you ever get to a point where it was like, 
I have to drop this in order to sort of carry on with my passion for the gym or did you like continue them side by side for a period of time? Um, there's a part where I stopped playing football and rugby for like completely and I just main like my main focus was water polo and alongside that was the gym. So I think my main focus then was water polo and I think I'm doing like a split of like three days a week, um, something like chest and triceps, back and biceps, shoulders and legs, something like that three times a week. So it wasn't a massive focus. But um, I remember I was always like, I always wanted abs, so just train my abs like, every day when I was playing water polo, especially because you obviously got to stand there in speedos and, <laughs> you know, having like a belly was not, not the best of things. So I think I remember I always wanted the number one muscle I wanted was abs and I was just training constantly. So, yeah. <laughs> I think we always start off with something like one body part we initially want and it's yeah. generally abs especially with the younger guys like it's generally people that just just want the abs and they think that obviously you know now you know full well that a lot of getting abs is down to how you know your level of body fat your level of overall body fat and the you know your your obviously your nutrition dictates that from a large perspective so your training for the abs might not matter as much as people initially thought, especially me, you know, I was the same, I'd do sets of 50 push-ups in my bedroom every, every single night, like, I probably trained my abs better when I was 12 than when I was, now, uh, yeah. than now I'm 20 and I'm a bodybuilder, so yeah, it's ridiculous, but true. So, now, when you got into the gym, Kane, what, like, what did the, what was the initial drive for that first session? Did someone motivate you to go there did you have someone that you looked up to in terms of like a friend or a bigger guy at school um and did you sort of take yourself along for that session on your own give us an idea of that first session yeah definitely i definitely looked up to people um i had a hairdresser at the time his name was nathaniel um okay. he was big into the gym always spoke to me about the gym um like i just go for regular haircuts so it's all you all we really spoke about and then he, he's the one that sent me my first ever program, something on like bodybuilding.com or oh, okay. whatever. I, I didn't really know anything about it. So he just said, look, try this. It's better than doing nothing, I guess. So um, I went into the gym with a friend uh, called John. We both sort of did the same. John and Harry both did the same sort of split and just went from there, really. Um, I think we did like cardio as well as weightlifting. So... At that sort of young age, you can you can do both and build muscle. Obviously, the very very uh, young age start of it. But um, of the, what I was driven was from yeah probably my hairdresser. He looked good. He had like, big muscles, and you sort of look at the guys and you think yeah I want to look like that. Um, also, my dad he um, used to pull like trucks. He used to be very into his like powerlifting and stuff like that. So concentrated on deadlift, bench, his squat. He used to be really good at it. So seeing a like my dad to sit here looking big sort of motivated me as well and drove, drove me to you know go to the gym so for sure that's that's mega interesting i think that having someone in your family that also lifts give you gives you that motivation from day one like you're just growing into it um yeah. that's something that i didn't really have and that's interesting to hear that someone else had that and also like i'm very similar to you in the fact that i was going in with friends and i think that's almost like a confidence thing for people to just get into that environment and feel sort of comfortable there like I found myself much more comfortable confident with like maybe slightly older guys or you know like a, a friend at least of my own age with me just so like I could 
feel comfortable in the gym environment. Obviously, me and you both don't need that now, and probably we're sometimes actually better without training partners oh, than yeah. we are with. But I think that's very important for the first stages, is that it can make it a bit more of a comfortable experience going into the gym with, with that partner, so that's interesting. Now, you sort of briefly mentioned it, obviously, your motivation coming from your your dad and, and the hairdresser but do you think when you started you were maybe more interested in like getting into the gym for purely for aesthetics or was it like was it for yourself or was it to impress others definitely to start with i think everyone just wants that good body don't they to impress other girls or you know i think that young age you just sort of want to girls to look at you in a different way and say oh he's got abs or you know that sort of thing so start with I'm not really sure I think I found it more fun than and it started to become a hobby than really trying to impress anyone I did really enjoy it especially going with a mate as well sort of like comp you like compete with each other who can sort of do more reps here and you know who can lift this and so I don't think I tried to impress anyone I think I did do it for more fun but I think at the early stages definitely girls in my, on my mind <laughs> so <laughs> now did you like when you when you started like getting into the gym, did you notice that you were getting more attention from other people, like more attention from girls or anything like that? And did that make you motivated to continue? Um, <laughs> I think I got more attraction from boys than with girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, like girls. Honestly, if anyone thinks it that if I get this amazing body, girls are gonna love me. They, they don't care, guys. Like they don't actually care. But so you're yeah. saying if you want to attract men, you've got to start yeah. lifting as a teenager. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think more boys were like, like more interested in what I did in the gym. Okay, so they were impressed. See, so yeah, they were yeah. impressed. So you weren't like you weren't attracting males like from oh, yeah. like yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean like oh yeah yeah God that did sound quite bad. Didn't <laughs> that's absolutely yeah that's absolutely maybe i took the wrong the wrong impression from that but i think i've had a few incidents with that um especially with like in like instagram and social media like you get a few weird weird people or not weird but you'll get a few people that like commenting that you think are a bit like definitely someone that you maybe don't want to converse with but at the same time it is important to sort of realize that that just is going to happen especially if you're posting like progress pictures physique pictures that's going to happen um so i think like when you're younger you maybe like avoid doing lots and lots of progress pictures especially online because you will attract a bit of a, a mix of yeah. people um so <laughs> yeah that's interesting um when when you sort of like obviously got people uh, guys saying you know positive things to you what like at what point did you did yourself you notice change to your physique so i know when i was initially training like i'd look in the mirror to try and sort of see whether i was making progress and actually i was quite happy with the rate that i was making progress and i could see like my body changing quite drastically quite quickly now for you what what initially happened like tell us about how you sort of saw progress over the first you know, phase of your lifting career yeah again I think I saw progress really quickly um, I think the majority of people do but um, I was obviously being really sporty before I was never really chubby or fat so the muscle that I put on you could see being put on if that makes sense because I was already Correct. kind of lean 
you'd see the muscle coming on. So progress are really, I think, like the first year, yeah, I must have put on quite a lot. Um, well, not put on quite a lot, but yeah, it definitely saw progress and it motivates you more, you want more, and then, yeah, it just goes from there, really. <clears throat> now, did you, initially, did you measure progress in the ways that, obviously, we're measuring progress now, or what's like how did you measure the fact that you were making progress was it just the ways that the way that clothes fitted was it the way you looked in the mirror give us an idea as to how you actually tracked progress yeah definitely not the way i do now like definitely not as like smart as we do now but it, i think i'm mainly looking in the mirror and um you know maybe seeing if this looked bigger and i knew as well starting off that if i lifted a bit more weight as well so progression in like weights um mm. if it went up and you know I, I feel a bit you feel a bit bigger as well if you lift bigger weights so you then look in the mirror and you think oh yeah actually i've got a little bit bigger so i think it was more sight like more vision for me did you um, take any progress pictures uh no like mirror selfies you didn't take any mirror selfies actually that is a lie yeah. <laughs> don't lie yeah that is don't a lie, lie. you um, definitely took mirror selfies <laughs> there are there are quite a lot actually yeah think, there we there we go, exactly, they'd be great for a Transformation Tuesday, but <laughs> I I took so many, I took so many, especially in vests, like, because I went through, like, my first sort of gym experience was a fat loss phase whilst, lift, whilst getting into weight training, so obviously once I got rid of a little bit of the fluff that I had, I, I, I was really happy with how I was looking, so I was taking, like, hella shots, um, I think actually it's really important because I compared, I, I found like pick stitch ages ago, like the way you place two pictures together. Yeah. And I was doing that when I was like 14, 15 years old, like putting two pictures against one another. Um, so I think that's actually really beneficial. Like, honest, I think I did that as well, actually. I think I remember going on holiday and putting a picture of me on holiday and then like a year before and thinking, do you ever like, think back and you think you were like the best and you thought you yeah. were the god's gift and you had all these muscles i remember on holiday at that time i thought i was like big muscles abs popping out and look back now i'm like just like want to close my eyes yeah you showed me some of those pictures like over last weekend oh yeah and yeah like <laughs> I, I was the same when i was younger like i'd get i'd take pictures in the mirror thinking like i had the biggest bicep going and <laughs> <laughs> it's like awful awful like really like really poor conditioning <laughs> just no mass um but now like we're so much more um sort of like uh, critical of our own physiques that i think we sometimes struggle to realize how much progress we've made whereas when we're a newbie it's like oh i'm making such quick progress i remember when I started to fill out tops with my chest, and like I'd walk around like, like with my chest so <laughs> far out. <laughs> or when, when you get some biceps, everyone used to that like, roll, they roll the sleeve up, don't they? So oh, yeah. hard. And they're like, oh yeah, look at my arm. <laughs> and like I remember also like veins being a thing as well. So like if you were if you were one of the guys that lifted, then you you always have like I, I remember looking like one of my one of my mates was like super vascular, and I was always massively jealous like he'd eat rubbish and just be so vascular and I always got so jealous of that so when I got lean for the first time I was like this is this is this is it 
this is it. I've reached my peak. <laughs> um, but but yeah, that's 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 interesting. I think a lot of people could track their progress better as a as a teenager. So what like what advice would you give to like a teenager listening to this in terms of like tracking their progress? What would you say would be the best way to sort of maybe go about that? In your opinion, what what would you say would be the best way to sort of start tracking progress? I'd always, always advise, people asking me in the gym as well, I always advise a logbook um, with your lifts. Um, I've always been, always done that, even before like, meeting you. I know you yeah. you uh, told me to start, but I've always done it. So tracking progress through a logbook definitely shows progress throughout lifts. And also, I would say photos are probably one of your best, or I would say measurements, but that's a bit, bit kind of up there. But... Um, could take pro- okay. like measurements now and again. Don't yeah. have to take them regularly. Could take them now and again. Just it's almost like you know, like two months down the line, three months down the line. Just measure everything again, and you, if you got bigger, you'd sort of make you a bit more motivated as well. So, um, and I think with logbooks, if you, you know, it, it motivates you even more to go to the gym. You hit one weight a certain week, you just come back and you want to hit something heavier or hit more reps. It just it keeps you in, keeps it interesting, I think, rather than going and saying, "Oh, what did I do last week?" I can't remember. You've just got it in front of you, so yeah, I think that's the best way. Hundred percent, totally agree with that. Really good tips, mate. So, in terms of like your learning process when you were new, obviously you said that your hairdresser sort of gave you a training program. When you were sort of gaining knowledge before you met me, before you met a coach, where was your hub for learning about training and nutrition? Did you go to certain sites? Did you look on YouTube? Where did you go, and and what did you learn? Um, I was mainly a YouTube guy, so um, I'm more I'm more of a visual learner. So um, always went to YouTube first before anything else. Just typed it in whatever I wanted to know. If it was a supplement or how to train a certain body part, I'd always type it in. And someone would come up sort of regularly. Um, I think to start with, it was like the Hodge twins, people like that, okay. you know, giving advice. Um, so I'd always listen to them and like. It'd even be certain things like when to take creatine or, you know, and they just build up my knowledge through that. Yeah. And um, and also I remember one Christmas my dad brought me um, six months worth of, I think it was like men's fitness. So um, every oh, month yeah. I've got like a new magazine. So I'd always read through them and um, just gain a little bit. You gain like a little bit of knowledge here and there and you want to find something out. So, you, you know, you just sort of research it. And I think that, yeah, majority was through YouTube. Did you find that that was like a, a pro or a con? Because I found that initially when I was getting all that knowledge, and I was the same as you, I actually read, I think, quite a lot of men's fitness. But I found that was almost like a con because I'd read a bit of new information about training or nutrition, and I'd always change whatever I was doing. Like I'd be so eager to make more progress that I'd just chop and change all the time. Do you think that was an issue with you? Did you chop and change quite a lot when you were getting into it, or did you stick with the same thing? Um, I think I did chop and change. I think majority, when I got into it, I didn't really believe, because there's so many different opinions out there, isn't it? It's like you click on one video and they're saying you have to do this. I think the biggest thing to explain this was like fasted cardio. So many different like opinions here and there, and um, I, I got really angry, and I was like, I want to know, someone just tell me. 
exact answer, but obviously you've got different opinions. Yeah. And I think I did get quite angry at some points, like not knowing exactly what to get, thinking, but don't do it this way, I'm never going to build this muscle or, you know, I'm never going to get shredded if I don't do it this way. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the time there's, there's misinformation out there. There's a lot of good information. There's a lot of, like you said, um, varied opinions. And, you know, there's there's a, gr- a great quote out there. I think I saw it on my feed today on Facebook that, um, like, I think it was Brad Loomis from, like, Team 3DMJ said it. It's like the science of today might not be the science of tomorrow. So it's essentially saying that science is constantly changing. So something that might be correct today about fasted cardio might not be correct tomorrow. It might be get pro- It might get proven that there is a slight benefit. Um, you know, they might they might get proven that energy balance is is over over is like um, over um, com- like overwhelmed by the fact that you do your cardio fasted. You know, it, there might be loads of things that come out that that prove something wrong. But right now, it's obviously best to to look for an evidence based approach, especially as a young individual. Like you can make such great progress by going straight to the evidence rather than sort of dibble dabbing in the sort of the, the the rubbishy stuff the stuff that looks like great and the stuff that sounds awesome but might not actually do the job um so where would you say like right now would be in your opinion as a teen like that's obviously work with a coach you've, you've you know you, you spend plenty of time on youtube where would you say if someone was like looking for more knowledge where would you say to go in terms of building knowledge on training and nutrition where would you get them to go um i definitely would stay away from youtube now because just because there's so many different um different opinions out there i'd if i were you i'd research it on the internet maybe just type it in on google there's lots of like um you know like theories out there of people wrote about it and if you just i think the biggest thing is trying it yourself yeah and like just That's don't good. chop yeah don't chop and change so one thing that works for you might not work for another so just if you think you want to try something try it out and then if you see progress and you see you, you enjoy using this or whatever it is or whatever um, just continue using it because if like if it's not broken, then why change it? So, yeah. and then if you don't enjoy it, then you know, move to something else. It's, you've got so much time when you're younger, you can afford to change and find what you like to do. So, yeah, I really think that's good advice, mate. And in all honesty, like you can go to as many websites as you want follow as many great people as you like but if it doesn't work for you at the end of the day it's not going to work so you've got to find something you enjoy doing works for you and that that is literally the bottom line so very good comment there mate i totally agree with that um so moving on kane when did you first find out about bodybuilding about the sport where you stand on stage with a tan on um in some speedos where did you find out about it and yeah, give give us an idea about where it initially came into your head. Okay, so I I knew it was I knew it was like a sport. I knew it was something you could do, but I was never really interested in it until I think I approached you just Decemberish. Sure. I think it was only a couple of months before then that I actually really was intrigued by it. So I knew it was there, but I really wanted to look more into it and sort of do it myself. So probably about a year ago from 
it's October, yeah, it's nearly October. Probably about a year ago from now, really, that I really started to have an interest in stepping on stage, getting into competition, seeing my body in a different, completely different perspective. Obviously, because you've got to get lean, you've got to, you know. And I think from the start, you sort of always doubt yourself. You look at yourself in this bulked physique, and you think, "I'd never look good." But it was always something I wanted to do. So yeah, probably about a year from now. Um, always like interested in it. Did you see someone else compete, or did you have a friend that competed? Like, did you see it on TV? Did you watch Arnold? Where? What was the initial like igniter? Like, did you see it online? <laughs> what happened? There was a um, friend called Ben White who um, I've trained with a couple of times. He competed about a month before that uh, in Mr. Lincolnshire, I think it was. Right. And did quite did quite well. So that sort of and him coming back into the gym with his tan on and you know looking fairly good, like lean. It was always something that I thought would be pretty awesome. And he's he was telling me how the experience was awesome, just stepping on stage in front of people and you know participating in this package that he had like worked hard to do so, yeah. I love the word I love, I love, I love the package bit I love how <laughs> people describe the, uh, the bodybuilding physique as a package, package. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes it so convenient that you're also stepping on stage in speedos displaying what can only be described <laughs> as your package, package. Yeah, like, it, it is basically a competition of packages that has to be a different word. The, what? Better, the, be- the better the package, the uh, the bigger the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> what can we use instead of package? I don't yeah. know, mate. But <laughs> you'll have to think. Um, <laughs> so in terms of um, the federation that you decided to compete in, so obviously you decided to compete in the BMBF initially. I think I mentioned the MPA to you, didn't I? If you I did, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. But yeah, okay, so... How did you find out about the BMBF and yeah yeah how did you find, how did how did you find out about the BMBF? Going back to the previous one, also Jack Gill obviously did the one that you did. Oh sure. So yeah. Obviously knew about the BMBF sort of sort of through then because obviously he'd competed. So sure. um, when I approached you, I didn't really know what federation or what I would um, do. To be honest, I, I think I remember saying I was more physique. But then, um, and then literally just changed the bodybuilding just because I was like, no, 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 not physique, just do bodybuilding. And then the BMBF just, honestly, I think for you and Jack, that's when I knew about the federations themselves. Okay. Um, the BMBF was just the main one. It was Midlands, so it was local. And then I think just further, that was the one we were going to do. And then further down the line was the MPA. Um, decided to hop on that one as well. Sure, so when you found out about the BMBF, did you sort of, like, did you did you set the date quite far in advance before you started the prep, and how did you sort of go about deciding that? Did you get help from anyone else in terms of how you decided to go ahead with, like, that time scale? Um, I think I just set the date through, like, just looking online and seeing that the Midlands BMBF was this date so I was like I want to compete on this date so mm. I think that's how I went about it I didn't really want to I think in my mind I was like that's the show I want to do so that date was the date I wanted to do I guess sure sure I think that's very very important for people to have a look in advance which is obviously what you did came to me 
had an idea, had a date, and that's really, really important. So for people that sort of want, like, they think they can, they think they want to compete. They think they need help. How did you find out? How did you find out about your coach? Obviously, your coach is 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 me. So I know how you found me. But how did you find me? Okay, so I found you through Instagram was the biggest thing. Um, that's where I literally found you, and I was looking through. I followed you for a while, I think, before I approached you and saw your postings, and um, I think you just finished. I'm not sure what you would have done, but like. What really attracted me for you was that you won the BMBF. So okay. if you're looking for a coach, you obviously want to go to someone who knows what they're doing, who has sort of, you know, done well in the bodybuilding um, career. Sure. So that's or at one least thing got I, into condition. Definitely. And I remember the one thing, there was a picture of your back, and I was like, this guy knows what he's on about. I want to be exactly like that. And I was like, right, we'll just approach him and, you know, see how it goes. So I think I think if you want to approach a coach, obviously the knowledge is important. Not the just back go, is more important. <laughs> don't, just, don't just go for their physique like, shit, he looks shit hot, we need to go for him. But, like, obviously I would suggest maybe follow them for a while. Obviously that's what I did for you. Yeah. See what, you sort of know them because if, if they're a good coach or if they're good, they'll online coach, they'll post regularly like you and did. And display their personality. Definitely. You you find things about them that you know it, the internet it, you put stuff out on the internet it, no one, someone's going to know you if you follow them for a couple of months so yeah I liked your personality and I liked it because you were young um, enthusiastic you were sort of like my age mm. a year or two above and it was just more I didn't fail as um, what's the word uh, intimidated yeah, I wanted someone as that body, I guess. You know, someone that's, could... that's mate. That's a superb point because it's like a post I put out earlier on the week. Like, coaching is not just about macros, cardio, whatever. It's about like developing a relationship. And I think that if someone was looking for a coach, not saying that you know you, you need to go to someone your age because there's plenty of people that will deal with it very well. But I think if you if you're lucky enough to find like someone who's fairly young, someone who has gone through a competition prep. And someone who coaches, and you're pretty lucky because you're the the amount of like stuff you can relate on is so good, so good. But then again, you can look at the pros and cons of that. Like pros, the pros are obviously you get to relate to them; they almost become like a buddy, like a friend, like you said. But the cons, obviously, like there's if you went for a more experienced coach, then you'd have they'd have a lot more life experience, which they can still relate to a younger individual, which is very important to take note of. But I think, yeah, either way, the the way you chose your coach was very good in terms of following them for a while. And that's very important because if you made the sort of quick conclusion that someone was the right coach without following them for enough time, you might soon find out that they're, if they're lazy on social media, which is their main outlet for growing their business, then likewise, they're probably going to be maybe a bit lazy with, with, your, whole, with your whole thing and... You know, if they've if they're so lazy, if they haven't got time for social media, if they really got time for their clients, you know. So, I think it's it's definitely good to get an idea of what the coaches really truly like before approaching them. So, yeah, good points there, mate. Um, in terms of what changed, so you approached me, you start this first prep. What sort of things initially changed that 
um, made you realize, okay, right, now I'm going into a bodybuilding prep. What happened in terms of nutrition and training? Okay, so nutrition obviously got more strict. Well, wasn't strict straight off the back, but always like tracked macros. Um, I was introduced to um, if you fit your macro, obviously, um, something that I'll do for years now. Um, so you introduced me to that. So we didn't go straight off into cardio. We just sort of introduced me to tracking macros, getting like to know foods, I guess, uh, voluminous foods, and just sort of started from there. Um, Nutrition-wise, um, it was sort of very different for me because I'd have obviously eat with my family every night. Um, they'd have, you know, mum and dad very good cooks, so they'd just throw in like all these spices, sauces that are full of fat, you know, tr- like things that dad make amazing lasagnas, like full of cream, obviously oh, funny. Uh, so good. Stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> and um, obviously tracking, you can't add all those little things. So mm. sort of experimenting with foods to make them taste nice as well, not just bland foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a big thing for me. Um, yeah. Hmm. So did you feel like initially, that's interesting that you noted like the family meals and stuff. I actually remember that now. I remember you talking about that. But yeah. did you feel like you were chucked in the deep end straight away? Or did you feel like you sort of were comfortably going into a competition prep so when you initially started on the amount of food that you're on the amount of training and cardio you're doing just to give people an idea because i think quite a lot of people think that when they start competition prep it's like wow like we're now entering the dark ages we are now hammering away at the fats like what how did it feel when you started a prep it was definitely not like that at all um i think when you start you're definitely gonna feel like that you're gonna think, oh, this is it. This is no more life. Hammer you, down. Yeah, you you eat. It's quite relaxed. It's you eat a lot of. I saw like a lot of food. Like, oh god, I can't remember what I was on, but it was still enough to get me through the day and happily, like with no mood changes to start with. It's just simple, simple stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm still very happy, content, and I still think strength went up for a while, didn't it? As yeah, well. like probably till about eight weeks out it was still going up mm. and then just the final last week's it obviously it just dropped but yeah, yeah um, my strength increased obviously that's through enough energy enough food my cardio was not crazy did so motivation levels go up um, yeah definitely I think that I was doing something different uh-huh. something that majority of people couldn't achieve so yeah. it sort of drove me a bit more and to people to say as well like this is cool that you're doing this and you know I don't know many people who could do it it sort of motivates you a bit more to push yourself so yeah, yeah definitely so in terms of like the the you said mood changes and things like that they didn't really happen when you initially started but towards like the latter parts at what point did you really find that it got tough and what happened when it got tough describe sort of the toughest parts of contest prep as well tough tough parts um okay so i think the toughest parts were probably like when you're working and you feel drained and you just don't want to be there and you're quite mardy and then once you finish work you have to go to the gym you sort of have to drag yourself to the gym it feels like that sometimes and you're just down and just don't like mum and dad noticed it, it's just Marty didn't smile a lot. So this was like the toughest part. 
and where you really had to dig deep to like like just drag yourself to the gym um, <clears throat> and then once you're there I found that I was perfectly fine got some water down me with the BCAs normally did a few little warm-up sets probably a couple of like my first set was normally compound lift a couple of uh, those and I was just hit I was in my zone sort of just doing my thing and then afterwards I just feel amazing so yeah that's interesting I'm definitely the same even when I get ill or something like that if I go to the gym train come back feel 10 times better yeah. um, you know the endorphin rush and everything like that makes things change I think um, you know what you noted about obviously when you're working and feel fatigued and so that's totally normal and like loads yeah. of people will experience that so I think it's good that you did sort of describe that and for the most part would you say that it was a fairly bearable process and like only towards the end it got sort of moderately tough do you think um yeah definitely i think looking back at it now um i definitely it wasn't it wasn't like you know it doesn't kill you no <laughs> it's not it's not like you're crawling on the floor to your car turning on your car and it's just you can survive um easily through what you were, it's just I think the hormones change and you think, oh this is it, I hate this, just because you're mardy, but it's definitely, you can easily, I think I was one to moan quite a lot as well, so um, through my first, I think because I'm new to it and I was a bit like, I'm not used to the, the struggle, so I did moan quite a lot, but it's definitely, you could go through it with the knee, not with the knees, but you know what I mean. 100%. I think the first time is way harder than any of the rest. Yeah. So for for people going through their first prep, listening to this, or you know thinking about their first prep, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a different experience to what you've ever experienced before. But like you said, like a lot of people make it sound harder than it is. Like it's not yeah. it's not going to kill you. <laughs> I feel deal. like I feel like now as well. Once obviously I've just competed and uh, had a couple of days off. I feel like now. I'm sort of doing a new prep as well. It's like mm. that one was my first prep. Now this is my second prep, obviously for my finals. But I feel like that first bit just gave me so much knowledge, and now I can really just push it, you know, for this next few weeks. So yeah, perfect. I think that's yeah. I think that's definitely good. Good representation of a prep. What would you, what would you say in terms of like? Um, the rewarding aspects of the contest prep phase what would you say they are in terms of you know is there any real phases not not the competition day itself but any phases throughout the prep where you thought wow like I really love this um obviously it's getting lean and seeing your physique change like it just it feels amazing it's like sending progress pictures as well that's a massive thing that I think most coaches do but they should do like more often is that your client sort of looks them as well and some weeks I'd be like I haven't changed at all shit and then I'd like look at last two weeks to this week and I'd be like like I've changed drastically and it'd motivate you more so I feel like the change was the biggest thing um, seeing my physique in a different level um, yeah definitely mm. yeah I think that's definitely the most motivating aspect for me as well I think when you know when you struggle you look back at your progress and then you're like let's just keep 
pummeling on like it's it, it, that is the most motivate motivating aspect of a prep in terms um, of like the personal side of things like the things that motivate yourself to continue I think that's definitely true um, in terms of like people looking to start their first competition prep what would you say the biggest tip that you could give someone um, to prepare themselves for, for the whole process um, okay, I've got a couple like give yourself enough time um, you probably actually I'm just going to say fatter you're probably more you probably got more body fat on you than you think mm-hmm. um, definitely this is what I've experienced so you've probably got a lot more on you than you think so give yourself plenty enough time if you give yourself if you think about giving yourself a certain goal add a couple of weeks onto that because um, as well your first prep you'll make a few mistakes admittedly I did as well everyone does um, so that just gives you time for your slip ups things yeah. like that um, and number two, if it's if you want to do well, get yourself a coach. Um, you, and even if it's someone to like go to and be like, "What look at me now? What what do you think?" But definitely, I think a coach is, was a one thing that helped me drastically. Um, to those two, yeah. Cool. Very good tips. Agreed with both. Again, um, good minds think alike. Uh, I think what I would like to sort of round up on before I give you sort of the ending question is how was the show day itself like how did you feel on the day and how did you think the two days went like give us just a like a good roundup about how you actually felt on show day okay so the first one was BMBF um was quite nervous um but then once I got backstage seeing all the other lads was um really exciting you you see them all and they're all kind of like in the corner and all nervous well and you get talking to them and you just suddenly brighten up and everything feels so exciting you're walking backstage onto the stage it's mm-hmm. amazing amazing experience so I think from there obviously coming third and feeling that um, experience on stage then passing that and just drilling it into my head for the MPA I think that was a big change so I think the first step on stage helped and then like transfer that emotion of feelings that I wanted to achieve onto the next one so that um, yeah definitely yeah very I totally agree like the first one's always a bit nerve wracking and then the, the second or you know the third for you will, will definitely be more comfortable you were noticeably more chilled on like the MPA day than, than the BNBF so I think that you know once you've got one in the bag you can sort of like work up your confidence much much higher as a result so yeah (laughs) yeah exactly um so in terms of like people out there give your honest opinion um you know uh, you've competed in two federations um i've competed in both as well but give your honest opinion for people like watching and listening who are thinking about competing in either federation give your honest opinion on both of them so what would you how would you like compare the mpa to the bnbf and what would you say um, is your opinion on the two? Hmm. Um, so okay, obviously the, don't be afraid, just give your honest opinion. <laughs> yeah, honest opinion. I think the BMBF is a better federation. Okay. Yeah. Um, I kind of preferred the way they set it out. They were very, very on time. Everything mm. was, was perfect, really. Um, the one thing that I preferred about the MPA was they just got on, they, they um, did the prejudging, then your routines, then you'd find out Whereas the BMBF, you do you prejudging, 
wait a while, then do your routines, and um, then find out. It's slightly different. Um, so in that respect, I think I preferred the BMBF. Okay. Even though I came third, I think I preferred the way they did it in and then, then the MPA, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm fairly similar in my opinion, although I actually like the prejudging and the gap and the, then the night right. final. I do kind of like that. Um, but I agree, like the MPA itself is a small organisation. However, you know, and I'm sure you agree, Michael's a fucking lovely guy and I'd thoroughly recommend competing in the MPA. Michael is an awesome, awesome geezer. Um, I think the BMBF itself has got, you know, very, very good people behind it. Vicky's awesome as well. Um, and they, you know, they really put a, really a lot of effort into their lighting, their music, their timing. You know, everything's like clockwork. Um, and I think, you know, obviously the, you know, the, the backstage, you know, they have people glazing you up. You know, at the MPA, yeah. you sort of have to do that yourself. Think about um, everything, and the venues at the BNBF tend to be a lot bigger and nicer. Yeah, like larger. The, yeah. The Birmingham one was incredible. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, just, just yeah. I yeah, I'm in, I'm in agreement on with, with with that one for you, mate. Um, but I think both are great federations, yeah. and you know, people looking to compete should really consider both. Um, and it includes also the UK DF. BA as well. Have a look at their show dates. They now do like qualifiers and a and a UK final, so that they're a great federation as well. Competed with them in, in 2015. So I think yeah, have a look around at the federations if you do want to compete. Um, but yeah, take our advice and take that on board. Um, in terms of your just like rounding up before the final question, um, what what's your what's your sort of your future plans? Obviously, I know what's going on, but give the listeners an idea as to what's going on at the moment in terms of uh, your future like career and also your future shows as a bodybuilder okay so I've got obviously the, well I've got the finals in six weeks for the MPA six weeks today actually um, so hopefully do well in those if we go through those then well, obviously there is another there's the world I think yeah correct yeah <laughs> correct yeah, yeah got, got confused you then but then um, <laughs> Go through them, the world, obviously, but um, got to aim high. Yeah. And then um, through them, um, whenever that stops, I'll obviously go back into a lean, lean bulking phase. I'll, I will reverse out. I want to do it properly. I've said to myself, I will reverse and then be left comfortably somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and then I will carry on with the split I'm doing. Well, um, like learning a lot through this. Definitely, don't go balls. Uh, uh, what's it called? Balls to walls, yeah, balls to walls workouts. You know, I want to maintain uh, gain strength on my bench press, big, big time. Uh, so it's one thing I didn't do, and then squat and deadlifts, obviously the main compounds. So you're going into a gaining phase, and then I haven't really thought about it, but maybe a year off to so take a full year off, and then maybe do the next year again, um, both federations again. Yeah. And career-wise, um, looking to do. PT, uh, personal training, and um, at the moment, uh, getting my level two just to sort of push myself into the fitness industry. That's like the basic, basic qualification you need yeah, to cool. sort of even work in a gym and coach and give people programs. You just need yeah. to level two. So um, that's one thing I'm doing um, to hopefully get and then just push myself into that environment. Wonderful. Yeah, I think that's a 
It's a great way in. Definitely a good opportunity. I think you make a great PT. I think you'd really, really love it. Um, and it's nice to see people obviously getting motivated by bodybuilding and finding their career in it because essentially you'll, you'll enjoy every day, which is yeah. what you want. Um, so, yeah, where can people find you, Kane? So, plug your Instagram, plug your Facebook, plug your YouTube, Snapchat, whatever. Where can people find you? And where are you it's, most active as well? Okay, so, majority of everything is uh, Kane Picard Fitness. That's my YouTube, my Instagram, and my Facebook. Um, my Snapchat is Picard Fitness. Um, I think I'm most active at the moment on probably Instagram and Facebook um, just for the last two weeks because I've sort of taken time off from YouTube, uh, but I'm getting back on that on Monday, so hopefully everything will be running smoothly and back at it. But yeah, my Instagram and my Facebook is where I'm mostly at. Cool. Wicked. So, final question, which is something that I want to start asking on every single podcast because I think it's cool, and I heard a variant of this question on another podcast, and I thought it was a very cool idea. So, if there is one thing you wish you knew when you started as a teenager, uh, what would it be, and why should people take note of it? Uh, oh, God. He's <laughs> got a stump here. What would it be? First thing I knew. One thing that you like, if you when you were starting, like you wish that you knew it just to make yourself a better teenager in in the gym. In the gym, okay. So, um, weight over form. Uh, fuck, form over weight. Sorry, <laughs> See, that's what got in my head. Form over weight. Um, I think when I first started, I still wanted to lift the heaviest weights. My form was not great to start with, um, so. You, you slowly realise that you know that form just beats everything, and your form has to be there, especially with the hypertrophy work. Yeah. If your form's not there correctly, you're not going to get the most out of your hypertrophy work that you're doing. So, mm. yeah, definitely leaving my ego outside the gym and just coming in and training smart. I think that was a big thing. I wish I knew about then going into gym thinking I was the biggest guy. So, yeah massively massively important that's a good one i like that one it's a good first one um and i think a lot of people can take away a lot from this podcast hopefully um there's been a lot that we talked about that i think um people will not have heard before people now have an idea as to how you sort of started your prep what it looked like and how to transition into a bodybuilding prep um so i think yeah great episode and thanks very much for anyone that's listen to the entire thing um but yeah say goodbye to the listeners kane and um we will be over and out goodbye listeners <laughs> <laughs> cool thanks very much again for listening guys and i'll see you back for episode 12 cool see you later